We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Let's look at objective journalism. Let's look here at ABC News. Carrie Lake sets announce Arizona Senate campaign after narrow gubernatorial loss. The state is among a handful of Democrat seats the Republicans are targeting, dated today the 10th. Republican Carrie Lake, a popular former local news anchor, self-described MAGA Mama Bear and staunch ally of former President Donald Trump will launch a campaign for the U.S. Senate at a rally in Scottsdale, Arizona on Tuesday night, nearing nearly a year after losing the state's gubernatorial race, a defeat she still refuses to concede. Hmm. How about AP? Even less objective. Carrie Lake wants to be elected to the Senate. She also wants to keep fighting the election she lost. Carrie Lake asked for a show of hands. Who's been canceled? Who's lost friends? Has strained relations with family? Been indicted? Sued for defamation? If your hand did not go up in any of that, then I do not think, then I do think you need to work a little harder. I really do. Lake told an adoring crowd of Michigan Republicans gathering last month. Lake will launch a U.S. Senate campaign for an Arizona seat in a splashy Scottsdale rally on Tuesday, having never conceded that she lost last year's race for Arizona governor. She is trying out new messages and courting the support of national Republicans she insulted in the past. But the former television news host isn't backing down on the things that made her a star of the far right. Her combative, her combativeness with perceived enemies, her fealty to Donald Trump, and her willingness to defend his election lies. Okay, someone who lost their life protesting against the stolen election is Ashley Babbitt, who would have been 38 years old today. On October 10th, 1985, a patriot was born, Ashley Elizabeth. She was a daughter, a wife, a sister, and a soldier with a strong patriotic spirit that guided her life to live it till its fullest. Gateway Pundit having a little article here about the woman who was shot and killed by that bastard Lieutenant uh, Michael Byrd. able to have the choice to stand up. There's an estimated over three million people here today. So despite what the media tells you, boots on ground definitely say something different. There is a sea of nothing but red, white, and blue patriots and Trump. And it was amazing. We could see the president talk. We are now walking down the inaugural path to the Capitol building. Three million plus people. God bless America, patriots. The Capitol Police have cleared the officer that shot Ashley Babbitt on January 6th. They say he acted lawfully and in line with the police department's policy. 35-year-old Babbitt was climbing through a damaged door in the Capitol building when the officer shot her. His name hasn't been released. The police department says they're keeping it private because they're concerned for his safety. Babbitt was unarmed as she tried crossing into the speaker's lobby through the door's broken glass. 
Officers were trying to keep protesters out of that lobby by barricading it with furniture. The police report says the officer in question may have saved others from serious injury or death. A law firm has sued Washington, D.C. on behalf of Babbitt's husband, saying they want investigative records, including the name of the officer. Who shot Ashley Babbitt? It's a question we all wanted the answer to and finally got the answer months later. Your name has been battered about on the Internet, but you've never been officially publicly identified. Do you want to tell us who you are? My name is Michael Byrd. I'm a lieutenant for the United States Capitol Police. And on January the 6th, I was the commander for the House Chamber Section in charge of the security for the United States House of Representatives. Typically, when an officer is involved in a, in a high-profile shooting, that officer is identified publicly. Why wasn't your name identified? Um, I believe it was because of the threats, um, the vile threats, and conversations, and chatter uh, that's been expressed about me and my actions. Yeah, so Michael Byrd killed Ashley Babbitt, and her mom, Mickey, is still out there every single day holding a vigil for the J6 political prisoners. Uh, go over to forashley.com if you want to get information and how to support the work of her mother, who is still bringing attention and bringing comfort and aid to our political prisoners. All right. Uh, let me give you this other story about the stolen elections. Uh, this one's a bittersweet because we won but we really lost type of story. Uh, Brian Lupo yesterday at the Gateway Pundit. In December of 2021, Nevada County, California resident Amy Young submitted an open records request to her local elections off office requesting the following records. Digital ballot images, audit logs, tabulator tapes and the cast vote records. After repeated denials from county officials, Young took agreements to her county board of supervisors as a last resort. They were not interested uh, on her request or were moving too slowly. So on August 17th of last year, just two months bef uh, after addressing her board of supervisors, but only one week before the election records could lawfully be destroyed, Young filed a petition for a writ of mandat mandamus and requested an injunction to, to preserve the in-question records. She finally got it and this is what it looked like. It was all redacted. And the county said, oh, you know, it's just personal information, which of course was BS because Young countered by submitting the audit logs from another county, Stanislaus, uh, Stanislaus County, which uses identical voting machines and showed that the information is anonymous. You cannot, I mean, you can see here from Exhibit Q, there's no data that is specific to any voter. Therefore, the redaction that she got here uh, in Exhibit 1 is absolutely ridiculous. Well, this is what happened. Uh, the judge gave the county until July 21st, 2023 to turn over all election records related to Young's request. On October 3rd, however, the judge also ruled that the county must pay $85,000 in legal fees and costs to Young. As is quite uh, well put by Brian Lupo, this is actually a bittersweet victory. On one hand, Young and her fellow Californians are now able to get the transparency guaranteed to them by California and U.S. law, 
But on the other hand, it costs her the potential of losing her legal fees and costs if unsuccessful. And now it's crippling the Nevada County taxpayers who have to foot the bill, not only for the county's legal defense, but to pay the plaintiff's costs as well. So while this is uh, good for transparency, it hurts the taxpayer. In a public statement after the hearing, Young wrote, these costs could have been avoided if the Board of Supervisors and County Council had taken this issue seriously when I addressed them in public comment on June 14th, 2022. (sighs) The battle continues. Unlike AP and ABC News, it's not a foregone conclusion that everyone is lying about the stolen election, that President Trump is lying, that Carrie Lake is lying. The liars are the bastards in the mainstream media and the regime of the illegitimate Joe Biden who do everything to criminalize the wrong think. If you know the reality that we have a fake president, then you're an enemy of the state and you're hunted down by a weaponized government. Thrown in jail or they're coming after you and spying on you. I can only imagine what the Department of Justice, the FBI, and others have on me, James, Black Assertive Patriot, because I have been very, very vocal and open about the reality that Joe Biden is a fake president. Okay, let's get into some breaking, heartbreaking news coming out of Israel. Before I get there, remember, seven years ago, back in 2016, the story was that the man who was running for president, Donald J. Trump, was a Nazi, a fascist. And that has continued to this day uh, on the left. Let me play you real quick uh, a few moments of this segment showing how President Trump, then candidate Trump, must be a Nazi because he asked Republicans to pledge no matter what, to vote for him in November of 2016. Included in this little report is now supporter of President Trump and owner of, uh, or or, or the person who started Blaze TV, also calling, uh, Glenn Beck, also calling President Trump a Nazi back in 2016. Let me just go down this road so we can compare it to fake Nazi Trump with real Nazis that we're seeing right now. I've never done this before. Can I have a pledge, a swearing, raise your right hand, that I, no matter how I feel, no matter what the conditions, if there's hurricanes or whatever, will vote on or before the 12th for Donald J. Trump for president. Thank you. Now I know. Don't forget, you all raised your hand. You swore bad things happen if you don't live up to what you just did. No, I really appreciate it. I mean, we're having an amazing period. 
That was Saturday at a rally in Florida. Trump was asking supporters to raise their hands, vowing to vote for him in the March 15th primary. But that led to headlines like these, where some compared that moment to something that might have happened at a rally in Nazi Germany. And we noticed four other moments in the past week where people have compared Trump to Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler, we all look at Adolf Hitler in 1940. We should look at Adolf Hitler in 1929. He was a kind of a funny kind of character that said the things that people were thinking. Where Donald Trump takes it, I have absolutely no idea. But Donald Trump is a dangerous man with the things that he has been saying. So I had one of Hitler's speeches translated into English, and I think this tells us a lot about where Donald Trump is getting his ideas. Okay, so when you think of Nazis, you think of rounding up Jews and then killing them viciously. They're experimented on, they're gassed. The women are raped. They are completely cut off from their family and friends. And they're treated like worse than property. You know, they were gassed. So I was aghast, but not surprised to see this. In Sydney, Josh, a pro-Palestinian rally at the Opera House became quite tense tonight. What happened? Good evening, Ange. Hundreds, maybe even thousands of pro-Palestinian supporters have rallied in Sydney tonight. They marched from Town Hall down to the Opera House where dozens of flares, even fireworks were lit. Some were thrown in the direction of police who were lined at the front of the Opera House. They quickly extinguished those flares, but the group were carrying flags and chanted free Palestine, shame Israel and even shame Albo. Members of the Jewish community were warned by police to stay away for their own safety. And the protesters specifically came down to the Opera House, which was lit up in blue and white colours tonight. They are the colours, of course, of Israel's flag. And Premier Chris Minns, the New South Wales Premier, had announced the display as a show of solidarity with the victims of the war that is currently unfolding in the Middle East. Ah, what were these pro-Palestinian, Jew-hating protesters chanting in front of the Sydney Opera House? I don't know. Slogans that you would expect Nazis to be yelling. Cast the Jews, Alak Akbar, and then expletive the Jews. And those were just words. But the actions out of Israel by Hamas puts them up there with the Nazis in brutality against Jewish people. Israelis. I mean, this is a level of savagery that is centuries ago, but alive and well in the hearts of Hamas and their hatred. Al-Akbar, I don't want anything with the God that wants their people to behead children and rape women because they don't succumb and they don't bow their knee to their God.
I much prefer my God, my Savior, Jesus Christ, who asks us to follow him. And he wants a willing heart, a submissive heart, to follow him, the great shepherd, not be forced to do so. Here are the latest in the atrocities and the horror show over in Israel. David, it's hard to even explain exactly just the mass casualties that happened right here. In fact, the Israeli military says they still don't have a clear number, but I'm talking to some of the soldiers and they say what they've witnessed as they've been walking through these different houses, these different communities, uh, babies, their heads cut off. That's what they said. Gunned down, families completely gunned down in their beds. You can see some of these soldiers right now comforting each other. Many of them reserves uh, who jumped into action, leaving their own families behind as well, not knowing the sheer horror that they were about to come to. They say they've never experienced anything like this. This is nothing that anyone could have even imagined when you're walking through here. Baby cribs thrown to the side. Doors thrown wide open. Still some Israeli bodies still here because the fighting in this community just ended uh, just just recently. So many of these troops are still going house to house, door to door. It's taken them sometimes 30 minutes, 40 minutes, because many of these houses are also uh, still have grenades in them, booby traps. In fact, as we're trying to get closer to some of these scenes, we're being told, no, 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 get back from some of these Israeli military because there are still grenades in the area. I want us to keep walking through, continue to kind of see the destruction that's happening on the ground here. Even something as simple as as a soccer net just left to the side here as people were with their families uh, playing. I see in the distance more bodies being covered uh, all, all the while as they're covering these Israeli bodies trying to evacuate everyone else from the the territory, taking all of the casualties out of here. It's also littered with the bodies of terrorists. So we're hearing from one of the lead commanders here. It was anywhere from maybe 70 armed terrorists who made their way here from the Gaza border fence, uh, which is less than a quarter of a mile away. And as I said, the atrocities that they committed, uh, violence with guns, with grenades, with knives, uh, targeting these innocent civilians inside their homes. Um, so for the soldiers here, it's a very, very difficult for, scene for them as well. As I said, leaving their families behind, but they say they will continue to be here, continue to to kill every terrorist who is in the area. You can hear we're very, very close to the Gaza Strip, so we continue to hear artillery firing overhead as well. Uh, even as we were giving this tour, we were told to get on the round and take cover um, because you actually, because you're so close to the Strip right now, you don't even get the red alert. You actually hear the boom before you're even told to get to the ground. So it's this is the reality, and this is what all of these soldiers, you can see, none of them expecting this, but all of them being here, ready for the fight nonetheless, and, and proud to fight uh, for, for their country is what, what I'm hearing as well. And so that's why they want to show the press. They want to show these very, very difficult images, David, but they want everyone out here because they want to see and show exactly what is happening here on the ground. You can hear the quivering in the voice of the reporter here. That is Nicole Zedek. She is uh, an I-24 news correspondent. Now, for those of you listening, she's just describing the environment she's in. She's not showing any pictures. We have here Ben Shapiro, a Jew, 
tweeting out, the reality of evil is sickening. Look at it, understanding it, and fight it. This is a picture released by Tomer Peretz from a crib in Kibbutz Ba'edi. This is what Hamas did to babies, children. And you can see, um, I'm going to describe it to you. It's a picture of a crib with blood uh, in it. And then we've got um, Marina Medvin. She's been posting a lot. She is one of the uh, defense attorneys for J6ers and, uh, and what have you. But this is, this is uh, what she posted. She posted this uh, from a from from Bill. I believe it's a German uh, newspaper. One of the terrorists had a two-year-old child with him, beat him, and threw him on the porch. The child cried, "I want my body, daddy." The boy tried to run away. I was afraid that they would shoot him and prevent him from running away. I spoke to the child. "Come stay with us," I said. Other kibbutz residents were brought to the site by the terrorists, including an eight-year-old child. And the wounded mother. She had a gunshot wound in her stomach and she was having trouble breathing. Her hand was swollen. She said she was shot. She told me that her husband had been shot and that her baby was dead. I asked her, are you sure the baby is dead? She said, yes, they shot him in the head. I didn't know how to comfort her. I couldn't even put my arms around her. I mean, this stuff is absolutely uh, horrific. Um... Also from uh, Maria Medvin, barbarian, Palestinians executed so many babies and children. I keep seeing these stories, posting pictures of blood on car seats and where children were present. Let's go back to Nicole Zedek and what she, uh, how many, how many babies so far have been taken out on gurneys? We're actually still moving through the community. It's starting to exit now, but I want to show you just some of the destruction to these houses as well, because as I showed you, all of the destruction that these terrorists committed on foot as they bombarded and massacred this community. There were also air raids and rockets happening overhead, completely taking out buildings like this one. So it was really a mixture of everything happening on the ground and, and in the sky as well, completely devastating this community truly horrific images that we're seeing. Now, as we're leaving the community, you can see all of these soldiers here. As I said, so many of them called from their homes, jumping into action at a moment's notice. Many of these reservists leaving all of their families behind to be here to protect Israel's southern border, uh, less than a quarter of a mile away. We continue to hear loud artillery and, and shelling in the distance at the Gaza border uh, as we're walking out. So really, all of these soldiers are doing their best to protect us, the journalists who are also out here, because they want us to see exactly what's happening and what they've been witnessing with their own eyes for these past three days, many of them coming here Saturday night, and they knew that no other soldiers had been here yet. And so they kind of knew uh, an idea of, of what was happening, but but they no one could expect that it would be like this, the horrors that I'm hearing from these these soldiers. Uh, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, about 40 babies, at least, were, were taken out on gurneys. What kind of evil must be in your heart to slaughter and kill babies? In the name of a god? In the name of oppression? The most innocent? 
Yesterday was horrifying with babies in cages. Those babies so far have a better fate than these did. Heartbreaking. Still, right now, they're going house to house, uh, still evacuating dead bodies, killed Nicole, Israeli citizens uh, who were I, I, killed. I had to cut in. It's such, such a shocking, jarring statement there. And just for our viewers, we're in a new hour here on the broadcast who, who very likely weren't with us last hour to understand that you've come in there to find this small community littered with the dead and slaughtered bodies of, of Israeli civilians primarily. And you're saying 40 babies, dead babies. That is what one of the commanders told me. Uh, and you continue to see just uh, cribs overturned, strollers left behind, all of these doors wide open. He said, we don't know the exact number of casualties because they're still collecting dead bodies. Speaking of dead bodies and Nazis and killing of Jews, they gassed them, but they also incinerated them, right? And that's what we're seeing Hamas do as well. Look at this tweet here. Burning people alive is an act of Nazism. Hamas equals Nazis. Charred bodies alive. And the images of dead children, small body bags. I'm going to show you these images. Don't look away. Don't look away. This is the evil we're confronting. Oh, and folks, let me just tell you. I'm showing you what's happening in Israel. But we're going to have a wake-up call in my next episode. Get ready for that. Okay, let me show you a few more tweets here. Uh, Joe Tresman, an Israel Defense Force source provided uh, a photograph of a child's blood-soaked bed following a Hamas-led attack on the home. See blood everywhere. Uh, How about this one? A little baby murdered by Hamas terrorists in a small little body bag. Palestinian barbarians murdered babies, children, kidnapping some, including babies with the God knows what plans. So you see these stills and pictures of babies, a child here dead. And how are some of the people receiving this? Look at this. Palestinian supporters show off videos and pictures of the atrocities towards Israelis on his phone and laughs about it. These are truly sick, evil people. You see these young men showing the pictures of the atrocities and giving the middle finger, saying, that's my boy killing all these people. Those are my boys. Sick. Sorry, I misspoke. He's not saying that's my boy, like the one, you know, the Hamas who killed him. But that's your boy. Those dead people, that's your dead child laughing and giving the middle finger. These people are sick, crazy, and evil, and they feel justified in this barbarism. Hi there, miss. Reporter with True North, what brings you out here today? We're protesting against the genocide and apartheid happening in Palestine and the liberation of the Palestinian people from the Israeli warfare. A lot of uh, prominent politicians and people have tried to call the, uh, get this protest to be canceled in the wake of what happened Saturday. They say that it's a it's it's a gathering that's celebrating what happened on Saturday. It's not a celebration of what happened on Saturday. What happened on Saturday needed to happen in order to free the Palestinian people from 73 years of occupation, genocide, and apartheid. And that's what we're here today to do. So, in your opinion, does does what happened on Saturday? 
uh, is it justified based off, in your opinion? Yes, it is justified. After 73 years of occupation, it is justified. Resistance in any means necessary. You heard that lady being interviewed uh, by Harrison Faulkner, that it was justified. The killing of babies, the raping of women, the destruction of life and limb in savage manner is justified because resistance uh, by any means necessary. And then she talks about occupation and oppression and what have you. You may have seen this in the past, but let's just be realistic, folks. This is the Arab world. This is the Muslim world. From Morocco over to um, Oman, all the way down to Somalia. You see Africa. You see the Middle East. That's all yellow. And they're talking about occupying and 73 years of oppression. Look how big Israel is compared to the rest of the Arab world. It's not a matter of them wanting justice. It's a matter of them wanting everything. Before I conclude, let me just show you this. I think this is a very bittersweet. Again, that word bittersweet picture. One of our volunteers in the field near the Gaza border was handed a baby whose parents are missing. Their task now is to take care of the baby until the parents or family members can be found. Just one of the many heartbreaking stories. You see this volunteer uh, bottle feeding this possibly, most likely, orphaned baby. All right, folks, this is not political. This is not about two, uh, fat, uh, two armies fighting. Would you believe that of all places, of all places, to find the truth about what's going on here, this following clip came from MSNBC. It, they don't want a two-state solution. They want a final solution. And the final That's solution is killing about. people. And I, I'm glad that Jonathan uh, came out talking about the language. And I, I know you had very positive conversations with yeah. people here at the top of the network because as we are objective in how we cover sides, we've got to tell the people who the sides are That's and right. not mislabel people. And I think that uh, the leadership here understood that in your and, conversation. And listen to Barry. This is not right or wrong. This is not some academic debate. This is good versus evil. It is evil that makes one think that it is okay to burn an elderly woman alive in her home and record it. It is evil that lets someone think to execute children in front of their parents and then drag those people into Gaza as hostages. And it is evil to blame Israel for, again, the mutilation and desecration of her citizens. That's what's happening in places right here. And these people will have to reckon for the rest of their lives. But if you are a CEO and you spoke out on these other issues, if you are a university president and you spoke out on these other issues, if you are a politician or a candidate who spoke on these other issues, we are waiting and watching for you to speak out now. It seems strange to give MSNBC the final word, but there you have it. I want to emphasize what Jonathan was saying before. This is not a situation with two sides, with militants versus an army. This, the two sides in what just happened over the past 72 hours is the side of rapist, barbaric, 
people who we are now learning beheaded babies, beheaded babies versus innocent people. That is what is going on here. And anyone who is found cheering, celebrating in the streets of London or Paris or Berlin or New York or Sydney, where they are screaming, gas the Jews, they are not cheering for the liberation of the Palestinian people in Gaza who languish under the jackboot of Hamas. They are cheering for barbarism and bloodshed. And we should be absolutely clear about what is going on here. Thank you.